House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! Coming on! Bill, you're coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. Welcome back to the House of Run podcast. Run at gmail.com is the email address. We're also on Twitter. At House of Run, it is Boston Marathon Week. We're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon, six days before the race. So, full disclosure, people we talk about may end up not starting the race. The weather may get worse or better. Jason, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm, I'm excited for Boston. I'm, I'm actually looking up the weather right now. Let's see. What is the weather supposed to be? Uh, 55 and rainy for Monday or right now for Monday high of 55 oh, low of 42 that's up it was, okay the high was 52 a couple hours ago when I checked oh okay so yes getting better it is improving slightly we were talking to Jared Ward on our float track weekly live show on the run about the weather and he was saying he tries to not check but he can't help himself so every day he checks the right weather yeah, I feel yeah. I mean, I understand the not wanting to check, but like, it's like you're recording a game and you want to watch it when you get home. So you're like, I'm not going to check the score, but then you're going to check the score because it's impossible not to. Well, and also the wardrobe, you got to know what to pack. That's true. That's much more important. <laughs> Last year, you could not bring enough coats to Boston. This year, it's supposed to be wet as well. I don't know the wind. I think the wind is the wind and rain more important than the temperature right. ultimately because that's what made people hypothermic last year but it's hard to say confidently that this year's race will live up to last year but you never actually know and it will certainly be if the weather does improve it will be a wildly different race than last year looking over these fields you know you have the returning champions des linden and yuki kauchi which is a sentence nobody thought they would be saying when they were looking at, at, at this year's race. And, and on the men's side, you have a lot of of big-name people, so it's not expected to for Yuki to, to repeat. But on the women's side of things, I'd put Linden in there with a handful of women who I think can win it. And if Linden wins it this year, I think that's more impressive than winning it last year. And obviously going back-to-back back in a major marathon is really hard to do regardless of the conditions or course or – even the, the the field that you're facing, if it's in a major, it's you know it's going to be good. Um, I don't. What do you? Which race are you more interested in off the top, men or women? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like the men at the top might be a little bit stronger, but the women's field is there's obviously good names in the women's field, but it, I don't feel like I don't know even who I would make the favorite mm-hmm. in this. Like looking through it, it's like you have a lot of names you recognize and who have been running well for a while, but also like no one who's just, yeah, like that, that next level, um, Marcia, you know, Edna Kiplagat, uh, Dababa, not that Dababa, but the other Dababa, um, no, not that one either. No, nope, the, the, the other, other, other Dababa. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, you have Hase making a return, mm-hmm. which is, which is really interesting. I mean, that might tilt it. Of course, you also have Ritz on the other side, which is just a total, a random thing there but um 
yeah, I don't know. These are pretty similar. Like, there's, I don't feel like there's one race that's like clearly better than the other to me. Like, they're they're actually kind of kind of even in in interesting storylines. Well, the reason why I said that about the women's field is the women's field has a lot of veterans, a lot of women whose personal bests come from many many years ago. Now, I guess that speaks to the longevity too. But the guys, you know, you have Elisa Decisa who won New York last year, Karui who's been very good recently, was second last year. Gabriel Selassie's DNF the last three, but you know his peak was in 2016. And then, obviously, you always have that group of 204 people who show up, and we don't know what to expect from them. For the women, those top-line names, you know, Mergia's PR was in 2012, Kiplagat's PR was in 2012, Dababa's was in 2012. You go farther down, you know, Sharon Cherop, last time she was really relevant in the mix was like 2015. Same thing, Caroline Rochich, who was the 15 champ, but since then, middling there. So I, I have about five or six people I'm really interested in on the women's side as, as potential winners. And I would never count out 100% someone like Edna Kiplagat. I think she can get back in there, especially mm-hmm. if the, if the, you know, if it's a, if it's a slower day, but not crazy slow like last year, she could factor in. But yeah, this is, I mean, the Hase factor. And Linden going for the repeat tips it a little bit to the women for me, but yeah, it's Boston, so they're both going to be great. Yeah, exactly. It's it's yeah, it is an interesting field. It's it's on both sides. I have no idea what to expect. A lot of you know fast you buy people in here too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the you have you have a solid uh, U.S. men's contingent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know going here, which will be awesome. That you know we'll have a bunch of guys running two twelve, but finishing nope. the top ten. Who will Not going to happen. For... This <laughs> the Olympic trials. This exactly. is going to be the race. This is going to be the race. Everybody's confident. Everybody's happy. Happy. Jared Ward said his goal. One of his goals, two oh nine in this race. He said if the weather yeah. operates, two oh nine, and he said it to, to Lincoln and I. But I felt like he was also talking to you, Jason. When he <laughs> said those words. It's like it went through my ears, and I felt like I just beamed him into Las Vegas. Yeah. Hey, I I, I want Jared Ward to do it, and then drag along a few guys with him. But uh, Jason we'll wants see. to be right so desperately wants to be right. I do. A- Even guys. Ritz could could give me like a random throwback performance. I mean, him finishing would be a victory. But mm-hmm. um, sixty-one yeah. minutes half in his buildup. Sixty-one. It was. Half. I, I mean, I'm rooting for him. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Ritz fan. That, but is he doing that just to tease you? What's going on? Yeah, here? probably. I mean, he hasn't. You know, he hasn't finished a marathon in like four years. I, like I said, I want him to be able to to finish and and run run well. Um, it's just, I, I can't, I can't have any faith until I see it happen. If he finishes and gets top 10 and gets that standard, I think it's a mission accomplished for him. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I know. I, and that's the way with a lot of these American men. I know they're not necessarily thinking that way because you only have so many marathons in your career and you don't want to go and being like, I'll get a solid 10th. But especially if the weather devolves and there's a lot of DNFs, getting a top 10 finish will be a little, it will be easier and and the fast time will be out the window anyway. So at that point, it's well, running two thirteen versus running two fifteen. Is there really any difference at that point? So bare minimum, you gotta get that qualifier because how many more opportunities do you have? We're yeah. we're in twenty nineteen right now. You want to avoid a fall marathon if you can, because the turnaround to the trials is so quick. And if you don't get it then, then you're gonna have to run it in Atlanta or figure out they'll have to be Something will have to happen with the IAAF or the USATF in terms of the qualifying standards, but 
this is like the first shot since the standards got released and also the last shot in a way to do it. Right. At least at least doing it in a manner that would be the path of least resistance or the the most logical way. Knock it out right now and then you're done and then can move forward. You know, last weekend in Rotterdam, two American women got the standard. Uh, Alphine Tuliamuk, who said a, a big old PR, ran 226, and then Roberta Groner ran 229. So the, I don't think the women, you know, their standard is 229.30. I don't think they're going to have any problem No, every that. woman has, every, yeah, woman who we, you know, follow who who's going to be part of that crazy trying to make the team is already, can do that pretty easily. Well, and also, I think it'll take 229.30 to finish top three in Atlanta. I know oh, the course is hard, least, yeah. but 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 it's not that hard. And the American women are that good. So I don't think that's going to be an issue for the women, for the men, potentially. But let, let, let's dive in more to these races. Let's start with the women here. Um, I'll, I'll reveal my five who I think can win. Okay. And there's some controversy that I created myself <laughs> in who these five are. A lot of talk out there, Jason. A lot of naysayers. A lot of critics. A lot of people saying, hey, Kevin, maybe it should be four. Maybe it should be six. No, it's five. It is exactly... Five. The first one is Worknesh Degefa okay. of Ethiopia. Fifth fastest woman in history when she ran 217.41 in Dubai. But don't pay attention to that part. Just 217.41. Don't pay attention to the Dubai part. Just the 217.41. <laughs> she got second in that race because, you know, Dubai, that's how it works. She's only run in Dubai. Never oh, marathon. That, that bodes well. Never Boston, marathon. Boston and Dubai are very similar courses from my understanding. That's like only running cross-country in California and then going to another state to compete. It's not, but the time is very strong, and the field, like I said, you don't have a Katani in this field. You don't have a Tiernish Dababa in here. So I think that gives her a chance to win. In fact, I would consider her the favorite. It would be a very, very tiny favorite because everybody's kind of all jumbled around near the five to ten percent range i would say but but i would give it to her uh the next woman who i think you should look out for balanesh old jira come on down okay so she has a 221 personal best she ran three marathons last year none of them were majors but that was her first season marathoning she was third in the world champs 10k previously so newer to the distance so we don't know what she has she could win she get ninth. I don't know, but this is five people who could potentially win, so I'm putting her in there. Number three, this is in no particular order, Betsy okay. Sena. Betsy Sena, Iowa State grad, 222.56 in Paris, which she won. So I like that. Used to train with Bowerman Track Club. Not sure where she trains full-time now, but I would put her on there. And then the next two people, what do these next two people have in common, Jason? They're both from America. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> wow. Hase, I'm putting Hase on there. I know her tune-up was only 71 minutes. I don't care about marathon tune-ups at all, just like I don't care about NBA preseason, just like I don't care about the Cubs record until 20, 30, 40 games in. I think there's a lot of naysayers out there. Good. And there's I'm a glad. lot of people talking to Joe Madden saying, hey, analytics said you guys are going to go below 500 you're like we don't believe in analytics and then you start the season three and seven but i'm not paying attention to that just like i'm not paying attention to 71 minute half marathon uh obviously 
you know, dropped out of the race last year on the eve of the event. Yep. 2017 was her, her best race, you know, didn't do a marathon last year, but I think she could do it. She's got the talent against this field. And then finally, Lyndon. You know, she also ran a 71-minute half tuning up. She was sixth in New York City against a good field, against a field that featured Katani. Her floor seems to be sixth. Yeah. She's never, she's never going to drop out of there. She's always going to be in it. And I don't think there's anybody in this field who's unbeatable. If the weather gets into the Linden range, watch out. Watch out. We can see a back-to-back situation. Those are my five. Where am I wrong? Where am I right? I mean, I, I can't say I say I, any of those five like could not win this race. Like if you say, hey, they all, you know, are in the 5%, you know, like at least a 20 to 1 shot. Like mm-hmm. I can't really argue with that. But if you're saying that Mergia, Kiplagat, and Dababa are not in the same range, that seems very strange to me. They can't win. They could get second, but they can't win. That seems that seems kind of crazy. Why? They don't have that clutch gene, Jason, that I'm looking for. <laughs> I mean, Mergia, so you love you love Dubai. Mergia's won Dubai a couple times. Uh, she finished third in London. Uh, recent, you know, recently she didn't finish Boston last year, like half the field. Yeah. Um, okay. Edna Kiplagat's been winning and finishing top three at marathons for the past thirty-five years. So yeah, I feel like you know, got to give her at least a at least a chance. She won Boston what two years ago? Yep. So yep, now, yep, yep. now not possible. I know she's she's over thirty-five years old, which makes her basically a, a dinosaur to you. That it's impossible for a woman to to continue winning past that point. But well, um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I Degefa, I I mean she is 28, right? So I don't think and the fact that she's only run in Dubai, yeah, you're right. You could be like this is a whole different ball game. I mean it, and like I said, the Degefa I mean there. could be great, but yeah. to, but like she's never run outside of Dubai. Like that's insane. Yeah. And now she's I'm going to a 40 degree Boston with rain. Like that's going to be a very different world for her. And all look, look, might be all great. these women, all these women other than Lyndon, all these women could get 17th or first. But yeah. all I said was these are the people who can win. I don't think Mergia and Kiplagat and Dababa are solid, right? I just don't think they're going to be able to win. But you're making you're making strong arguments. Yeah. I'm, no, I, I just think I think this is, I mean, I think five is is underselling it. I mean, and very well, the winner might come out of your five, and that that's that's totally fine. But I think this could think be at least eight. eight. Um, and, you know, if someone else were to come out of here, it wouldn't even be the craziest thing just because like you mentioned, there's no just giant killer, like just to someone who's even above, you know, 10%. I don't know. I don't know who that would be. Um, so I think that just opens it up so much that, yeah, the, the different facts you mentioned, Hey, the weather gets weird. Linden is good. Um, you know, if it gets, if it gets really fast, you know, okay. So that's probably Degefa. That seems like that would, that would benefit her. But I, I just think there's so many different factors in there. Um, that I think it's at least eight, but it it might even be nine or ten. I don't know. All right, let's start the segment over again. Jason's eight women <laughs> who can win the Boston Marathon. <laughs> well, yeah, this should come with a big asterisk of somewhat respectable weather. I'm not saying great weather, but just not last year. Basically, let's let's take a walk down memory lane for last year. Now we know Lyndon got first, and some of you out there might know that. Sarah Sellers got second. That's yeah. kind of a famous second place finish. Do you remember Jason who got third? Nope. Oh, it was Krista Duchesne of Canada. That's right. 
okay, that makes sense. Do you know who got fourth last year? I can't remember the name. Rachel Highland, United States. You know who got fifth last year? Is that the one who was not part of the elite field? I'm not sure because there were so many up there. Jessica Chichester. Do you know who got sixth last year? Nope. Nicole DiMercurio. Do you know who got seventh last year? <laughs> nope. Well, it's Shalane Flanagan, you idiot. One of the greatest runners oh. of all time. How do you not know that? <laughs> eighth eighth was Kimmy Reed of, of Missouri. Do you know who got ninth last year? Uh, I don't Edna Kiplagat? I don't know. Correct. Edna Kiplagat. Oh, okay. I just literally just guessed. There you go. You know who got 16th last year? Molly Huddle. Yeah. So we don't know weird. anything. We know nothing. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's rare I think you have legitimately this many like a, a field this open. Like mm-hmm. I think that's that's rare to actually have. Um so, yeah, I mean so that makes it very exciting. I'm hoping yeah, like I said the weather's not at least not as bad as last year. It could be a little rainy, but you know, if the wind's not too bad and if it's 42 degrees, then okay, well, we everyone can deal with that. So that's what you want. You don't I, want it like last year again. No, no. I mean that that was I mean completely insane and hey, it was kind of fun and hey, we got Yuki Kauchi, you know, winning the marathon, Des Linden, like no one's no one's upset about that. But like you don't want that to be an every year type thing, right? I could go with more. I could go with a back-to-back Yuki. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not. A, I'm not rooting against Yuki. That's for. That's for sure. What would Yuki's odds be to win? It's a great Five, question. Five hundred. No, he's not that long, but Ten. he's got to be. I mean, he's. You know, he's he's less than a hundred to one for sure. I mean, maybe in the fifty. I mean, he really? won it. You know, he won it last year. Like just that alone, I feel like you have to bump him up a little bit. Yeah, but. The, the, you know this this is a little higher at the top you know you got like a jeffrey Karui and a decisa and so like that's he's not going to beat those guys a lot but so it, yeah i mean 100 might be might be close 75 to 100 and he's praying for rain right i mean he, oh yeah the worst the better. More, yeah even more so than linden i think he wants bad conditions here i like i like Karui in this just because he got he got second last year yep right and so if the weather is bad like it's supposed to be but not catastrophic then i think he could slide right in there although decisa i mean coming off the the new york win where he beat cam or mm-hmm. and he's been around forever and he if it rains his shirt will expand though that's the only problem that's a good point yeah just progressively he's like his shirt is made out of that same material that those foam dinosaurs are made out of <laughs> that you would throw son, in and then all of a sudden would grow 12 yeah. times their size yeah <laughs> Okay, do the same. Do what I did for the women, but 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 for the men, so that way I can make fun of you like you made fun of me. Oh, okay, fair. Um, okay, so <laughs> how many people can win this race? Um, I'm I'm not gonna give you a number. I'm just gonna start listing, and I'll stop when uh, when I think I've hit it. Uh, okay. Jasisa can can win this race very clearly. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's pretty obvious. Karui, I think is the favorite, so obviously he can win this race. Uh, Lawrence Toronto, let's run two hundred four hundred six. Okay. I mean that's that's good enough for me to at least put you in a puncher's chance. Okay. Gabriel Salasi is a tough one for me. Yeah, double hasn't G. run enough lately, so I'm putting him at no. Just because if you keep DNFing, I can't I can't count on you. You're in okay. the Cometo zone. Yeah, exactly. Like basically, like and it's hey, maybe he'll get it back, but what w- once you've reached three DNFs in a row, 
I, I just I have to assume that you're not That's going to line. finish. I, I assume line. that you're never going to finish another marathon, basically, or at least you're never going to compete for another marathon title. Okay, um, so you got you got three so far: Desisa, Karui, and Chirono. Chirono. Um, okay, you've got you got Berhanu. I'd have to put him in there. Um, Lemma also also run two hundred four in Dubai, and so you love that. So you, you anyone who's run fast four, in Dubai, is I don't. I'm Boston. just saying with the women's field the way it is. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Berhanu, Lem- yeah, I'll, I'll put both of those guys in there. So there's five. Five. <sighs> I mean, Kauji, we talked about his odds, but I have to put him in there. He's defending champ six. That's wow. It. Really? Yeah. He he won the race last year. Like that, I know it was crazy, but like that's possible that the weather's not going to be great. And I just, I have to, I have to include the guy who's the defending champion. I think it's only fair. Interesting. I'm trying to look at the whole. Let's see if we can find this whole, this full field here. Because there's no, there's nobody else there, huh? Do you think? So I Yuki mean, none Kel- of the Americans with, can win. <sighs> Kenneth Kipkamoy, Felix Candy, Wesley Career, Festus Talam, Philemon Rono. So this guy Hiroto Inui is interesting, of Japan. Mm, okay. He has the is he the one with the row two? Is he the one with the two oh six PB? I think he is. Let me try to find him for you. So you're going you're going five again? No six with six Kawishi. With Yuki. Yeah, uh, like I said I had to put him on there. Fair, I guess. I just don't like how you took my number and then added one. <laughs> Hiroto yeah, Anui. I mean- Ran two oh six fifty four in Tokyo. Okay, the major that's kind of a major, but still counts. Majorish. Yeah, it's more than Dubai. The ma- the the minorest major or the majorest minor. minor. Yeah, Dubai's the minorest or the majorest minor, and mm-hmm. Tokyo's the ma- minorest major. Yeah, a marathon in A minor. <laughs> Tokyo. That's that's the name of your novel that you're gonna write. No leaking that out there, Jason. Okay, top American. Uh, hmm, the suspense that was killing me for a second. Yeah, no, sorry. I was also I was reading just to make sure I didn't miss anybody, and then I saw Zirnase Tedese was on here, and I was yeah. Confused. And so I was just like, oh, I need someone who's going to run, you know, two twelve. Wait, um, no, 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 no. We now live in a post Tedese world. Do we not? And post, I mean, post banging his head up against the walls, he tries to break. T- We're under 210 now, right? I mean, yeah. 208, 46 in Berlin. Hello. Yeah, good for you. That's great. That, that's, he's going to, he's, he'll, he'll finish amidst, amidst a bunch of American men at, at 212. Um, Dude, he was only seven minutes uh, behind Kipchoge. Is Don't that all? Just seven? <laughs> I would have taken I would have taken the over on that. Um uh, let's see who which I you know I'm going to go with I'm going to go with B-Watt. As a B-Watt. Top man. Oh, 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 Shadrack. I was like yeah. I don't think Stanley's running. Oh no, okay. yeah, sorry. Inter- okay, Shadrack, B-Watt. Okay, ran well last year. Yeah, ran well last year. I mean a lot of these guys are really close. Jared Ward was close. I mean Ritz you'd be completely rolling the dice with that one. Yeah. Um you know, you got Abdi, you got Scott Fobble. I, I I don't. I mean, it's it's like picking the the favorite in the women's field. 
Yeah, to it's me, hard to do. It's a really like just who's ever having a good day. But but I feel fairly good about uh, about Biwat. What's gonna be? What's some now? Last year never could have predicted the weather, right? Yes. What's gonna be the story coming out of this race? Do you think? Mm. Either individual or what trend might emerge or what issue might appear now problematic. What shoe might make you a few percent <laughs> faster? Like, what are what are people going to be talking about next week? And by people, I mean people nerdy enough to listen to the show, right? Uh, so that's a good, really good question. I mean, as far as like an overarching thing for an athlete, I think Jordan Hase is going to come back really strong and finish like okay. top three, if not have a good chance to win. And so we'll be talking be, about the Hase comeback. I think that'll weekend. be. I think she will be immediately be put back in the very top group of those women uh, of of the women U.S. Uh, marathoners. Um, so I think you know that'll be that'll be big. Um, trying to think on the men's side if there's something that can really surprise me here. Well, I think or, if you get here's here this would be my men's prediction. Mm-hmm. If the weather is bad and there are a lot of DNFs, I think you're going to get you know maybe four or five men in the top ten, which will get them the standard, which right. will take a lot of the pressure or the sting out of the whole. Oh my gosh, the trials are changing. Like if if Biwat, Ritz, Ward, Abdi, Fable, like if that group of five there all manages to get in the top ten, which isn't inconceivable based again it it, it it won't take the crappy weather for that to happen like that that's uh, that's actually possible you know then you have five big names or would you take the over under on th- three and a half men in the top 10 u.s men in the top 10 Just because I don't know the weather, I would probably go under. Oh, yeah, I would too. I think, but I, I could think see a scenario. But, is, yeah. Three, Actually, three no, seems likely to me, but I'll probably go over. I'll probably go over because they're going to be running now for that spot, right? Right, like a Kenyan Ethiopian at the end of the race. If they're running in ninth, things went probably pretty bad for them. They don't care. The Americans will be running for their professional lives at that point, right? So I I'll go over. I think okay. there's gonna be a bunch of Americans. So that would be my my storyline heading out. Now the opposite could happen. None of them could do it, and then it would be uh oh. What are we gonna do now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would not surprise me if one or two you know got there, and then it was a bunch you know. But it, it just you know yeah, it's gonna depend on a lot of things obviously. And Ritz is just a, like say a complete wild card. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it'll be. I mean, it, both races are really interesting and not like, uh, man, like what can this this perform? You know, this this athlete do, and you know, what 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 could they do? It's just like, what the hell's going to happen in this race? Like, it's just a very it, it's interesting in that aspect where it's completely unknown. And you think Lyndon, or sorry, you think Hase will be the top American woman? I do, and okay. I think Lyndon's going to finish like fifth or sixth, like run a really mm-hmm. solid race uh, but i think Hase is gonna have like a really good comeback all right yeah that'll be fun to watch remember there's only five women who can win it so if you see anybody <laughs> else on your screen on monday make sure you only focus on those five women because yeah. everybody else not yeah. happening that's true 
Yeah. So if I, if I say get second, but it's to Kiplagat, it doesn't count because Kiplagat was not one of the previously named <laughs> that's, five that's women. That's very true. Then Jose is the winner. And uh, it wins. When they go one through five, Jason. <laughs> That'll be very impressive. I'm going to spike the football next week <laughs> on the show. Shall we move on? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's keep it going here. We got a couple of records we got to talk about. First things first. Stanley I'm putting Cabini. quotes with my with my hands here. What's that? I said I, I was just doing quotes with my fingers when you said you know because Cabini I'll give it I'll, I'll definitely give him his record. So Cabini ran the ten mile forty six flat. Now, if you want to put in quotes, you can because Ryan Hall's ten mile split in his half marathon was faster. It's true, uh, but he broke the old record by by thirteen seconds. He did it at the Cherry Blossom ten mile run. In DC, he did not have a good race at World Cross, so was able to bounce back and have a good performance here. Uh, Jamal Yamer won in forty five thirty six, so Kabini not not too far behind. So a good run for him, and and he gets the he gets the American record song treatment. Before we play the song, I mean Kabini thirty fifth at World Cross, right behind Shadrach Kipchircher. I guess we call that a a bad race. Yeah, like, I mean, he's like, better than everybody else. Like, right. not, I mean, Kip Chircher should have been higher up. So, I, if Kip Chircher was like 15th and then Cabini was 35th, then you're like, okay, well, that's a problem. But the fact that he was just just behind the guy who was supposed to be the clear number one. But it, 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 this was a better race. Long story short, the Cherry Blossom run better than World Cross. Yeah, and it was. I mean, the World Cross was was obviously a weird kind of race. I mean, it's. So yeah, you could say bad race or just kind of middling race. This was either way. This was better, but either way, he deserves this. Hey man, did you see that record? No, not a world, but an American record. Maybe it was a world record too. It was the best performance by an American citizen or a relay team composed of American citizens and an athletics event within the United States or abroad. Hey man, did you see that American record? Congrats to Mr. Cabini. Hope everybody enjoyed that song from Tim in Virginia. Now, here's where we get to the air quotes. Yeah. And, we, and here's – yeah. So we talked before about the the dueling world record songs. And most people – not most people. I wouldn't say most people because a lot of people who wrote in didn't like the new one. It was so metal that people didn't like it. Now, you then decided – via counsel with someone on Twitter that the new world record song would be for world bests or weird world records because it had so much anger and animosity in the song that it was only right that it would be paired with a record that evoked similar emotions. Right. Where the old, more docile, more... I guess serene world record song would be used for legit world records. Right. And I think we have a record this week that fits in with the former of those. 
the the angry world record. We're of course talking about Edward Cheserek, who runs thirteen twenty nine the Carlsbad five thousand, which ties the existing world record set by Julian Wanders for a road five k earlier this year. But so already they tied it, which is one thing, but fine. Right, tying it. But if you tie, if someone runs, if if Christian Coleman runs nine five eight and hundred this year, he's getting the world record song. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, his name is next world record. So that's your your you have a world record at that point. But the problem is they reset the 5K records this year, and it was really weird, and we read that whole process statement about how they were waiting, and if someone ran under 1330, it was going to be like, they're finally ratifying 5K world records. So Cheserak runs 1329, misses the course record by 29 seconds, but ties the world record. Yay, track and field. Yes. So now we have our friend uh, Deuce, who's going to sing the the second world record song, the more appropriate, the weird world record song for Edward Cheserek and his performance at the Carlsbad 5000 over the weekend. Exactly. Did you see a person do a thing that no one's ever done? Higher, faster, farther, more points ever than earned. That's some great drumming in there. I just noticed that for the first time. It's the the uh, drumming's good. I mean, I'm a fan of that song. I think it. I think I like having both versions, and uh, it's also just like the yeah, the anger and the singing is really is really well done. I mean, that's not music I generally listen to. As we mentioned, his band does not seem to do that kind of music, but they did they did pretty good metal right there. You got the yin and the yang. It's like Steve Urkel and Stefan Urkel, right? Yeah, it's the. But- Good Spider Man? Is there a bad Spider Man or something like that? Um, I don't know if there's a bad or I Superman? mean, there's. Yeah, Venom, I don't know. All right. That Bizarro metaphor Superman? only lasted yeah, once. I mean, that's, yeah. But, okay. yeah, because I mean, like, if we were to play the original world record song for this, I wouldn't, we wouldn't even play it. We would just ignore We would have said, this happens, but there's, there's no song being earned on this particular day, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I, li- I like that we have it. No, it's incredible. Um, all right. Well, those were two records. <laughs> yeah. In some form or fashion. Cheserek. They I were mean, considered best records. Best distance runner in the world. Last March, he was the best distance runner in the world. Okay. So. You're really taking me out of context this week, Jason, and I don't know <laughs> if, I, if I appreciate it. Let's go to emails now, shall we? Yes, please. Houseofrun.gmail.com is our email address. We got a bunch of them here. We also got some voice mails, voice memos as well, too. Uh, we'll go first to, let's go to Robert. Yeah. He says, I understand we're a long way away from the 2020 Olympics. For the track events, which gold medalists, one man and one woman from 2016, has the best chance of getting another gold medal in 2020? Hmm. I like this question. Yeah, me too. Uh, Would you like me to read you? I was just pulling them all up because I didn't. And I didn't want to screw one up, you know. Yeah. Now we're excluding relays from this. I'm assuming, right? Yes, I think we have to. Okay. So let's see. 
So Usain Bolt, I'm going to mm, say no. Not the best. You say uh, Wade Van Niekirk. Uh, you know, so- solid, but going to be going to be a tough, going to be really tough. David Rudisha. Uh, it's going to be even tougher. Centro. Possible. Still, of you know, I don't even know if he's the favorite, but he if he he's he's not the favorite, but he's possible. Farah. Ten thousand Farah is certainly a possibility. Kipchoge. Yes, that's there's your answer. The right answer. <laughs> that's that's Let's that's the going. answer. Let's keep going. Omar McLeod in the one ten hurdles. Uh, I mean, solid chance for sure. Karan Clement in the four hurdles. Uh, I don't like those odds. He'll somehow show up though. Yeah, oh, he'll Kip- show up and he'll finish like third. Kiprutu in the <laughs> steeple. Maybe, uh, maybe, yeah. That's I mean, that's solid. All right, I'm going past the relays now. I'm going to field events. Uh, Derek Druin in the high jump. Braz da Silva in the pole vault. Jeff Henderson in the long jump. Christian Taylor in the triple jump. That one's not bad. Krauser in the shot might be pretty good odds. Mm. Harding in the disc. Dilshad Nazarov in the hammer. Thomas Roller in the javelin. And oh man, this makes me sad. Decathlon. Oof. Come back, Ashton. Right. Come it's, back, please. It's Kipchoge for the men. It's Kipchoge one for me. Yeah. And I would say Kinseslis Kiprutu two. Yeah. And then I'd say Krauser three and Christian Taylor hangs around. That'd be three golds in a row for Christian Taylor. Yeah. Taylor, wow. Taylor's got to be one of those. I mean, and then you have like McLeod, Farah, you know, are, yeah, McLeod, I, I see a possibility. Farah, we, we have to know for sure he's running. Um, yeah. And Fanny Kirk, you know, we'll see, but all right, let's go to women. Uh, Lane Thompson, a hundred. I'm going to say no. no. Lane Thompson, 200. I'm going to say no. Shawnee Miller in the four. I said pretty solid. I like those odds. Semenya in the eight. Really liked. Well, if she can run, I really like those odds. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> Kippy gone in the six, uh, 1500. Uh, I mean, that's just a loaded event. She, she'll have a decent shot at it, but man, it's going to be, it's going to be brutal. Vivian Chariot in the five. Uh, I don't think she's running the five. Almaz Ayana in the 10. Who knows where Who she is? Who knows? No idea. Jemima Sumgong in the marathon. She's been suspended, I yeah, believe, for doping. on that one. Brianna McNeil. Rollins McNeil in the high hurdles, maybe. Yeah, punch a shot. Yeah, and who knows with Harrison what, what's going to happen there. Dalila Muhammad in the four hurdles. Uh, kind of like a different American there. Ruth Jabet. And the steeple, she's suspended for doping. Perfect. We'll skip the <laughs> relays. High jump, Ruth Betia from Spain, who's now over the age of 40 at this point. Yeah. No, she, I mean, I mean, she might come back. But right. Stephanie in the pole vault, Bartoletta in the long jump, a Bargwin in the triple, I think it'd be a good pick. Mm-hmm. Michelle Carter in the shot, Perkovic in the discus, Anita Walarczyk. That's a pretty good chance. Three in a row in the hammer. Yeah. Sarah Kolak in the javelin. And Nafi Thiam in the hep, which could be a good pick too. So I think more choices on the women just from looking at this because I think Thiam would be greater than 50%. Willarchek greater than 50%. Chance. Miller. Uh, Miller, a Bargwin would be greater than 50% chance. So you have like f- five good opportunities there. If Semenya's running, she's over 90%. 
Yeah, if I had to take a pick right now, I would say I would take. Well, in in running events, if I had to take a pick, I would take Shawnee Miller Weibo. Yes, I agree. Of course. <laughs> Typical. All right. Thank you for the message there. I forgot the name of that email. What I just keep losing emails. Where are these coming? That from? was Robert. Oh, sorry. My apologies, Robert. Thank you for the email. All right, let's go to Marty from Maryland. Yeah. He says, you discussed XC World Champs and wondered if all cultures should get tougher. I thought of the Mount Marathon race in Seward, Alaska. Ali Oshander won the senior women's race in 2017 with a time of 49.17 for 5K. What? She got to the top of Mount Marathon 36.59 and took another 13.08 to get to the finish. Just wondering if Ugh. Mount Marathon Race might be considered an XC course. It's basically straight up and down. Some years there's snow field to traverse. Uh, and you pass along a video. P.S. He says he's still looking for that collegiate all-time best cross-country list. So if someone can help out, Marty, help him out. And I'm watching the video of this race. And, yeah, it's directly up a mountain. Uh, a lot. Of, I'm seeing a lot of walking going on. Uh, I would also be walking if I was running this race. Yeah, this is... I mean, this is a hike. Like, this is a level beyond cross country. I think, right? This is like where you get into like, yeah. extreme racing. Like, this is this goes in the the Barkley Marathons category. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. this isn't quite there because it's not a hundred and well, it's not run by like miles. a madman who like you know. <laughs> exactly. But it's it's still pretty insane. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Brian, emailer formerly from Raleigh, but now from Pennsylvania. Drink. Hey guys, the Australian Championships were this past week. They have an interesting format in that the 10,000 and 5,000 national championships are held prior to these championships. Makes sense, right? Mm. Okay. Right. On last week's pod, you guys talked about celebrations and the personality of athletes. One Aussie that fits this bill is Luke Matthews. He has personality and solid finish line celebrations, but as seen in this video, they're directed towards the crowd and not shoving it in another <laughs> runner's face. Well, and it's not a very good celebration in my mind. That's... It's only good if you're dunking on other people. <laughs> Uh, he says, I'm looking forward to Boston next week. Will Ritz finish? Who will be the top American? Can Desi repeat? How will Jordan do after her injury troubles? That we, is... Again, Brian. he just did our rundown because it's you who is Brian. Um, yes. So. Brian. Yes, quota. Yeah. Oh, quote man. Yeah, he's slapped. Okay, I'm watching his celebration, too. And Yeah, he's just going to the crowd. He's playing to the crowd and... Going, Not good. Not, I love it's it. Like a, it's like a B-minus celebration. <laughs> You could do better than that. Uh, will Ritz finish? I say yes. I th- Top American. I think, I think he's talking about yeah. men. I'll go. I'll go. I'll be biased. I'll go with Jared Ward because he took okay. the time to talk to me today. Yeah. He took the time to talk to us before he taught a class at BYU. Oh, all right. How, how great is that? That's pretty good. He was in a sport coat, <laughs> Jason. I was wearing sweats. Come on. Uh, can Desi repeat? She can. I would. I would take the field over her how will jordan do i i think i think i'm with you that she'll do well am i crazy to think it's going to be one way or the other with a say it's either gonna be like really great or she's not going to finish yeah that's That's kind of how i feel yeah i could definitely see that like i could see her yeah running a good time yes it finishing top three or just yeah it's not fully there yet but I'm 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 on this I'm on this side of you know it's gonna go well. All right, let's go to George from Birmingham, yeah. UK. Love it. Firstly, 
I thought the World Cross was absolutely brilliant. I really hope it sets the tone for future World Cross Championships, and it means we've seen the last of the golf course cross countries that are essentially track races with the occasional hay bale thrown in. It was so good to see a British team, or so good to see GB send a team. I'd say that maybe this means that British athletics are finally getting their act together in terms of selections, but given the Richard Kilty drama last month, I somehow think otherwise. Looking to the track, it has always annoyed me the lack of fantasy athletics competitions compared to football, soccer, American football, golf, basketball, etc. The Diamond League do one, but that's about it. I don't know if you two or some of the listeners may fancy a season-long fantasy prediction competition. How about something like predict who runs the world lead in each track and field event? plus a marathon, this year for both men and women, 10 points if they run the world lead, 5 if they run the second fastest, 3 for third. If they run a world record, then 10 bonus points. If they run the world lead to win a world champs, final, then 5 bonus points. I'd be happy to set up the webpage for yourselves, myself, other listeners to submit their predictions, the link to which could go in the show notes. I would then work out the results at the end of each year and let you know. Thanks for the great podcast and making all runs enjoyable. Let me know your thoughts on next week's episode. That is George. Yeah, people want to put together, like, I mean, obviously, we're no big fans of the one that's set up, primarily because there's so many bugs and people drop out at the last minute and it's just stupid. Um, we've done it in the past. But if people want to start a House of Run fantasy league and you come up with the uh, rules on your own and we could just do it via Google Doc. Yeah, I'd feel, be, I'd thought something for sure. Yeah. Um, I'd caution against well, I guess I guess I'd rather do like world lead stuff than meet records cuz meet records mm. are not at the top of anybody's mind. Yeah. So, yeah, if people want to want to do this by all means, we'll link it in the show notes. We'll talk about it on the show. We'll come up with funny names. It could be a good time. Yeah, I like it. Let's go to Marshall. Yeah. I just wanted to make you aware of a world record that was set this past Sunday at the Go exclamation mark, St. Louis Half Marathon. Mm. Ben Hudson set the world record for running a half marathon while pushing a double stroller. <laughs> running 116.06 on a hot, humid, and hilly course, he demolished the previous record by almost two minutes. The father-year candidate pushed his two daughters, Ellie, 2.5 years old, and Abby, seven months old. Those are the names of my nieces, by the way. Over the... T- seriously. The is this course. No, this is... Well, other side of the family. <laughs> Over the torturous course, which was an amalgamation of the nicer parts of St. Louis with a touch of the sketchier parts of town. His training consists of 90 to 100 miles a week with the vast majority of it on his Costco treadmill. You should get some muffins you know, thrown in with that. Do, do you know what comes? <laughs> Jason. Sorry. Sorry. Come on, it's improv. You got to keep the joke going. You can't <laughs> I was going to say, do you know what comes in the cup holder of the Costco <laughs> treadmill? Just, instead of a bottle of water, just like two big blueberry ones, just like right there. Uh, He recently had to get it replaced after putting about 2.5 thousand miles on it in the past year. His wife is currently in residency, so he holds down the Ford at home while also working full-time. I honestly don't know how he does it. Real question, though, is why doesn't the McMillan conversion calculator have an adjustment for stroller pushing? Really enjoy listening to the show. Keep up the good work. Be on the lookout for big things from Brogan Austin. And tell Adam Ostrike hello. Well, I work with Adam Ostrike. This is big news. Adam Adam is a good guy, big NBA fan mm. as well too. So we talk a lot of hoops. Uh, yeah, Brogan Austin set the or won the U.S. Marathon champs from Des Moines. This is probably a very Iowa centric email, is what I'm guessing from this. Although this is a report from the Go St. Louis Half Marathon, so very mid Midwest heavy. We'll say that. So thank you to 
Marshall for writing in. Yeah, 76, 76 minutes for the for the double stroller. I mean, yeah, that's good. Yeah, the hot, humid hill. So, like, I mean, downhills, you know, that's that's not going to hurt you. But the uphills, that's where it really, really it's tough. To. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, there are you know nice models of jogging strollers that are light and and make it easy to push, but still, it is it is no joke. I mean, and and the double too. That means you're probably pushing. I mean, I don't know the weight of this person's kids, but you're probably pushing at least. 30 pounds, 40 right. pounds. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, when I push my- yeah, that's not easy. Obviously I, I'm impressed. The 76 alone is, is a f- nice half marathon time, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go to, we got an email here from chief. Wow. What's up boys. It's chief from Illinois. Well now Indiana <laughs> as runners, <laughs> you may not know that the NHL playoffs start this week. I do. So here's, Here's a Miler's Guide to the Western Conference NHL Playoffs. Okay. So this is good. Actually, this is funny. Talk about me assuming the identity of Brian. I had an idea for a post like this, except I was going to do track athletes and the NBA playoffs. Oh, okay. So and, that's still on the find table. Some comps. Yeah. You know, sometimes on the internet, we compare one thing to another thing, and you write a post about it. <laughs> I don't know. So here's what he's got. He's got marathon or Miler's that he's comparing to the to the NHL Western Conference playoff field. You ready okay. for this? I am. I'm excited. Wait, did the... Oh, so Vegas made it. Okay. Yes. So you are you have a vested interest in this. I do. Seed number one. Do you know who's the top seed in the West? Uh, the Flames. Calgary Flames, a.k.a. Johnny Gregoric. Ah, of course. Calgary has the pedigree, much like the Gregorics, and the Flames... Johnny Hockey has led them to the postseason, like rooting for runners who are up and coming with family heritage... Uh, like John York, root for the Flames. Number two, San Jose Sharks. Ben Blankenship. Okay. How much longer can San Jose and their veterans be contenders? Much like Ben Blankenship, Sharks are aging but seem to have cup potential. If you're a fan of the veteran who's never won at all, the Sharks are the NHL's Blankenship. Yeah, the Sharks Number always th- have a hard time in the playoffs, even though they're, they seem to always be good. But they're playing uh, Vegas in the first round. Number three, Nashville Predators. Craig Angles. <laughs> uh, says if your dream is a 1983, oh, if your dream Uber is a 1983 El Camino SS <laughs> driven by a redneck with a mullet who responds to everything you say with, hell yeah, brother. Well, you <laughs> and Craig can be found in the bed of that car slamming PBRs and cheering for a Predators team that looks to win its first cup. Like Angles looks to win its first outdoor title. Number four, Winnipeg Jets. That's Pat Casey. Winnipeg was a staple in the 80s playoffs, but then the team moved. Now the new Jets are back in Winnipeg. Much like Casey, same face, but new sponsor, previously Nike, now Under Armour. Jets are back, healthy and ready to light the lamp. This Montana boy grew up closer to hockey country than Tracktown. Fans of a small-town kid with a new sponsor. will gladly. Ex- the Jets will gladly accept your fan application. Number five. How far do these... How's, so far, how do these match, do you think? I mean, this is seeming pretty good. Like, I mean, I am a... I'm a hockey fan, but not not hardcore. I wouldn't say, um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 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 digging this. Number five, St. Louis Blues. Drew Hunter, the kid was in the slow heat, no chance to win it. Well, the Blues didn't have a chance to make the playoffs, but after a red hot rookie goalie, here they are, playoff city. Hunter's a gamer, much like the Blues' new goalie. All ten men chant, "Let's go Blues!" <laughs> Number six, Dallas Stodge, Robbie Andrews. This team has raised the cup before, much like Robbie's won a U.S. title. But last year, what happened? Dallas is back, so is Robbie. 
But are they ready to compete for a championship if you think Dallas can sit and kick its way to victory? Shoot for the stars. <laughs> Number seven. Here you go, Jace. Vegas Golden Knights. Isaac Yorks. Okay. We all know Jason's favorite. Wait, you hadn't heard of Isaac Yorks until 2018 when he got second USA's? Well, you too can hop on the Golden Knights bandwagon. <laughs> they burst down the home stretch last year. It will be a beast of a matchup, just like Yorks. I see what he did there. Eight, Colorado Avalanche, David Ribich, another young guy with big dreams. Colorado team hopes for shock the hockey world. Ribich has made the finals the last few years in the 1500, but hopes to shock the track world, hoist whatever track's equivalent of the cup would be. And he says, side note, I left out Centrowitz. I had to. No one in the West has dominated the competition like Centro has in U.S. Finals. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I know the playoffs could be a little more open, but I think uh, Centro would be would be the Tampa Bay Lightning in the East who have just completely blitzed the entire, like, so the, the Flames, you know, are the one seed in the West, and they went 50, 25, and 7 mm-hmm. for 107 points. Like a very, very good record, obviously, one seed. The Lightning went 62, 16, and 4. For 128 mm. points, so they are just so far and away. And hey, the playoffs—you never know what happens. They lost to the Capitals in the you know the Eastern Conference Finals last year, but I would say that's 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 your Centro is Tampa Bay. Well, it's funny you mention that because he says if the House of Run listeners want an Eastern Conference preview, let me know. Of course, sounds sounds like Jason wants it, and he has already done the work. Yeah, with I, I got you your one seed, but <laughs> it's pretty impressive. I mean, they got a you know the the second seed in the in the East is you got 48 wins compared to 62, so that's pretty good, or 49, excuse me. I like it. We yeah. never really do hockey talk on here. That's true. Let's go to Taylor from Ohio. First time, longish time. Nice. This is Taylor from Ohio in parentheses, not a girl. So, T- yeah, t- I mean Taylor can male uh, obviously Taylor. be both. I've my niece is Taylor, so yeah. Uh, I had a coworker named Taylor who introduced me to the woman who is now my wife. Wow. Jack Johnson wrote a song, Hey Taylor. Oh, really? That was about a woman, too, yeah. Oh. She just wanders around, unaffected by... I don't think I know this winter. one. I think it's called Taylor. Isn't the song called Taylor? I, I You're not it. as big of a Jack Johnson super fan as I am. That's true. I, I think it's called... It's a good song. Uh, Taylor? Is it called Taylor? Yeah, it's literally called Taylor. Okay. Listen to that when we get done potting. All right, I will. It's, good, it's a good one. All right, back to the email at hand. Although World Cross Country topic has been very well covered on the show, I thought I would let you guys know that I heard it mentioned on NPR this week. Well, I mean, that's natural. Things usually flow from House of Run to NPR. It's a normal <laughs> order of things. The recap of the results was simply East Africa dominated, but they also went into the history of cross country and its relationship to fox hunting, something I had never heard before and played a brief interview with Steph Bruce. It was surprising to hear about professional running on the radio. Of course, they mentioned the Vikings and the beer tent, but they also alluded to the mud, sand, water, and the museum roof slash hill, and all the people that traveled there for the event. Overall, a very interesting segment. Hmm. P.S. I was inspired by the listener who put Kipchoge's marathon time into the race equivalency chart. I decided to do the same from the opposite end of the spectrum, and according to the VDOT calculator, Usain Bolt is due for a 132 marathon <laughs> or a 44-minute half marathon. Casual 331 and 323 pace, respectively. The comeback is imminent. <laughs> that is Taylor from Ohio. Strong debut. That's good. I Taylor. like that. Very well done. 132. Go That's good. Yeah, pretty good. What's the What's the event where Kipchoge beats Bolt? Is it the 800? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, are we 
does is the six? Is everything comes down to like six hundred? Right. Yeah, the six hundred would be would be closest, I guess, probably, huh? Yeah, because that's just where we we just don't know with bowl. Like, I mean, anaerobic to aerobic. Yeah, yeah, you get out of the. We're just so we're just so comfortable in our assumptions because we've seen distance runners run eight hundreds and we've seen sprinters run eight hundreds and we kind of know how that goes. Yeah. So I, I think. I think Kip Jogic could still run a pretty good eight. Oh, yeah. I wish he would just do – I don't want him to retire from marathoning because you don't want to ever see one of the greats retire. You want to see them keep doing what they do so brilliantly. Mm. But I just it would be cool like one summer, like the summer he just ran a bunch of track races. Yeah, just to like, hey, what can he – Just what, to see. What does he run in the eight? Like what would you what would you make the over-under on Kip Jogic in the 800? Like right now? Yeah. Two weeks before London? Um 150? Yeah, I was thinking he'd go under 150. I was thinking like 149, but or 148 ish. But I, I, it's it's hard to picture him not being like pretty good at that. Even you know, I don't know. It's such a different world, obviously. But yeah, I'm I'm trying to find his PR. I mean, he used to be great on the track, so but yeah, that was much. What's I mean, he's he's run what? I mean, what's his his mile time is ridiculous. My our, our my lists aren't popping up. Oh, hold on, hold on. We're getting close. We are getting closer. Uh, his best fifteen is three thirty six. What's his best mile though? Didn't you run a super fast um, mile? Um. Oh, here you go. Three fifty. Oh, sorry. Fifteen. That was indoor. Uh, outdoor. Three thirty. Three fifteen. Three fifty mile. So three fifty miler. Yeah. Oh wow. He doesn't have any hundred time listed. Yeah, he does not. Ooh. I mean, and these were both 15 years ago, so that's obviously a while. But <laughs> 15 years ago, yeah, I mean, three. Those run 1246 and 2649. Yeah, so a three, yeah. so a 350 and a 333 are basically the same, right? Yeah, it's so crazy. Yeah, the 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 five the five thousand and the ten thousand are nuts. Seven twenty seven three k. Yeesh. Ye- whoosh. And that was in right. 2011. Yeah. Not bad. All right, we're going to Diana. Yeah. Long-time listener, first-time emailer from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, but not Amish. People Ooh. are putting things in parentheses. I like it, them. yeah. It's just because, you know, you got to go Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Oh, maybe maybe she's building barns and sending emails, which is Are weird. you familiar with Lancaster, Pennsylvania? Not really. Have you ever been to Pennsylvania? I have not. Okay. Yeah. Haven't Just been to I... haven't been to the northeast outside of the airports, which doesn't really count. <laughs> some great some great airports out there. Yeah. Uh, first, I want to say thank you. Your podcast is wonderful. Helps me get through treadmill runs that would otherwise be awful. So thank you for that. You're very welcome. Absolutely. Additionally, your talk about college basketball and how everyone either loves Duke or loves to hate Duke got me thinking about powerhouses across sports. Uh, there are teams and dynasties everyone loves to hate, such as Duke, the Patriots, Yankees, etc. I was wondering what your opinion on individuals or teams in the world of running that would be included in the category of love or love to hate. I couldn't think of any obvious ones, so I was interested in your take mm. on the matter. Thanks for taking time to answer my question. That is Diana. Well, when you think about teams in running... I think the U.S. are it... probably that. <laughs> love or What's love that? to hate. I said probably the U.S. is probably love or love to hate. Yeah, if you're thinking about teams in terms of countries, well, I mean, I'm sure during the Cold War there was probably some some heated battles yeah. with the the U.S. and 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 uh, you know they did all those dual meets 
and stuff overseas that, that were really big. But I think of it more in terms of like the college scene and also like mm. the pro group scene. Okay. Because I don't th- I don't think that many people are like, oh man, Gatlin. New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> Gatlin's your but, love, love to hate person, but I think Oregon Project yes. is your love or love to hate for sure team. I think Oregon, as in the the university, love and love to hate. Mm-hmm. I think you know people like. People like Linden, everybody like seems to love them, right? Or Meb. Yeah, it's how, how the, do you hate them? Yeah, there's not that other side to them, so there's not many, but those would be the ones I could think of. I mean, Bolt obviously is, and not, and like think, a few people, I guess, hated Bolt, but like not really. And it's like who hates Elliot Kipchoge? Like right, like, I don't right. Know. He's so great, but it's just you just kind of like everyone's just in awe of how great he is, and just like yeah. kind of loves that it's happening. Same with like Rudisha. When he was doing his mm-hmm. thing, no one hated Radisha. It was just kind of like, yeah, this dude's the best, and it's no awesome. one hates Eaton. Yeah, no one hated Eaton. Yeah, m- most of the time it's very, very positive thoughts. So those are the, those are the ones I can think of, and even on the college side of things, if this was a bunch of years ago, and like Ark when Arkansas was winning a million NCAA titles in a row, maybe people were like, well, yeah, we're sick of Arkansas. But right. I think that's more that's been transferred sort of to Oregon just because they've been so good and because of the connection with nike people are always gonna gonna make those those comments um i say this as an oregon alum very true who was on the club team which was just we were ridiculed that's definitely love love to hate for for sure yeah people take a lot of shots at us jason i don't know if you knew that uh okay thank you for the message diana let's go to we got we're doing one voice mail today it's the one that was sent on April the 7th. I don't know if you see that one on there. Uh, yeah, April yes. 7th. Yes, I do. That's from Chief. Uh, before we do that, though, Steel Town Runner wrote in with a long email. And I'll read it in its entirety. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Got it. After hearing the long discussion about the moral virtues of sports last week, I figured now is as good a time as any to make my defense of the Orkney Isles. Oh, oh no! Wow, home of Highland Park, one of my favorite distilleries, and home to the oldest runner to ever compete, the Sri Chimnoy thirty-one hundred mile race. Yes, you read that what? correctly. Whose home is in the base of a hill, much like the art museum roof in Aarhus. I also partly expected a comment from you folks about the Barkley Marathons that took place the same weekend as Aarhus. I was apparently one of the only people dialed into both races. I say this with all the fondness in the world, but your awareness of Barkley is kind of my little nephew and Usain Bolt. If there's a big marathon that weekend, is Bolt running? Well, I was paying attention to it, but no one finished. Kind no of one finished this yeah, year. If nobody, yeah. Yeah. Well, no one finishes. Yeah. I mean, it, great race. We love the race. We watched the film. We talked to the directors on the show, but... If no one finishes, it's tough. The guy starts the race by lighting a cigarette. I mean, how do you not like the Barkley Marathon? Dude marathons? is out of his mind, and I love it. I will briefly note that Arhus settled, for now in my eyes, the bitter, pardon the pun, dispute between the twin rival Danish brewers Mikkeler and Evil Twin, both excellent breweries that I have easy access to in NYC. Now, the impetus that is finally getting a house over an email out of my draft folder into your inbox Thanks to new emailer, fellow hobby jogger Kevin. No respect taken from you. No disrespect taken from you, folks. This is actually one of your better ultra hot takes 
and I'm actually more on your side than you might guess. Do you know what he's referring to? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Well, we'll get to it. This is a bit of a broadside, but the Americans who are into ultras tend to have a rather narrow perspective of them. And they think they exist solely on trails and that Western states is the ground jewel. The tricky thing with trails is no two are alike. Precise measurement is a thorny issue. And ultimately, there are no record for trail runs. Much of the ultra records, save for the female 24-48 hour records, were set in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. How a Kipchoge would manage for a 14-hour... Oh, here we go. <laughs> this, is the, this is it. This, like okay, it. this is kind of, kind of what I was assuming, but... How Kipchoge would manage for... First of all, how a Kipchoge. He speaks as if there's multiple Kipchoges. There is only one and there will only be one. Would manage for a 14-hour race over a small mountain, then a lot of downhill trail, western states. uh, People... Sorry, I lost track. uh, People in different locales and different eras rank it differently. But as far as mountain races go, it's quite tame and is a running race is a very question then how uh is a very question then how he might fare in a hundred mile track or road race something i would think should take him in the vicinity of 10 hours talk about breaking mcmillan's calculator world record is 1128 mcmillan projected 1142 when the great calvin woodward you remember him jason of course in the 70s ran a world record of 1138 he was the first to ever break five hours for 50 miles and he did that as a split of course, that was one of the greatest 100-mile performances in history. How an East African might fare in the more mountainous ultras, which are far more alpine in nature than, say, Western states, um, is also hard to say, as a 20-plus-hour efforts are extraordinarily different, different than 15 hours, and those races tend to favor top athletes who combine mountaineering and running. <laughs> Got to get the mountaineering in there. Uh, to be sure, though, if East Africans were to train specifically for the short trail races, let's limit, for argument's sake, to Western states and shorter, they'd surely do well and have plenty of carnage. See Dubai Marathon for case in point, but throw <laughs> enough darts at something when hit, they'd do well. We've gradually seen this as Uganda has done well in the world, mountain running champs, the short distance, and have emerged as a force at World Cross. For what it's worth, that doesn't make these races any less interesting. The Olympics are exciting, even though Kenya and Ethiopia are limited to three athletes each. Rewinding a bit, Kipchoge's half marathon was projected to 57.48. Abraham Kiptum just ran 58.18. The calculator projects equivalent race times and ideal conditions with equivalent appropriate training. Put Kipchoge in a Monza half marathon course, and that 57.48 actually seems quite reasonable. If not for him, then for some of his cohorts, maybe Nike can throw Tedesse a bone. He continues, 27 to 27.34 for 50K is a bit trickier, as you noted, and I would similarly add an extra five minutes or so. It's an awkward distance that neither top marathoners nor top ultra runners ever really race. The world record was set in 1983, if memory serves, by Thompson Magawana at the 56-kilometer Two Oceans Marathon in South Africa, dating back to 1970, where the 50K split is rec- uh, is it is record quality. There's a 730-foot continuous climb in just over 5 kilometers shortly before the 50K mark. At times, the race can be warm. Uh, Magawana was a 210 marathoner. Uh, Both those who say only joggers run ultra and that speed in ultra is new are a bit off. But it's fair to say the 50K world record is right for the taking. I mean, let me pause there. 
I mean, two ten is just that's just eons away from what <laughs> from two hundred one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and he's saying fifty k is is that kind of weird middle ground, and it seems like he's conceding that that one would be pretty easy to take. It's worth noting, he continues, that later this month we'll see the first two oceans with a two hundred eight Kenyan and some other Ethiopians. So it'll be interesting. In two thousand nine, two thousand eighteen, Kenyans won oceans both on their debuts. In other years, they never really came, though there are consistently fast, okay, perhaps not 27 flat 10K guys, <laughs> Zimbabwe and Lesotho guys, yet the record still stands. This is perhaps, as some of them are notorious for poor pacing, the record itself is questionable, uh, is of questionable importance to various folks, and for many, the race is merely a tune-up for the 55-mile Comrades Marathon in June. We'll wrap it up here. 555. Five hours, 55 minutes, 36 seconds, 100 kilometers is a rather intimidating number, but seems reasonable. It's worth noting that Don Ritchie um, ran a still-standing world record of 6.10.20. So that record, it would be 15 minutes better than the world record if if the pace calculator was right. Mm. Uh, In 1978, in that race, he split 50K in under three hours. No one at the time would have predicted his record would last this long, though recently the road mark was run not even a minute faster at Lake Saroma in Japan. It seems very likely that though the IAAF considers it a world record, ARRS doesn't as it was likely aided by coastal wind. It's worth noting that a number of elite ultra runners consider a hard 100K effort on the track or roads to be harder than, say, 100 miles or the race distances. Nonetheless, I think it's achievable. What East Africans can do in long races, anyone's guess, the unpredictability yet runnability of Aarhus made it compelling and nearly 100-year-old race of 20,000 people such as comrades is still unattractive to Kenyans. The fastest marathoner, 206.33, to ever run comrades has never finished in six attempts. The undulating uh, race route can vary on the year and goes point to point in opposite directions each year. Uphill and downhill runs, gross misnomers, but they do still maintain course records. The downhill course record is held by 214 local marathoner David Getebe, but the devil's in the details. Countrymen like him for whom Comrades consumes the region and, like UTMB, consumes Chaminade, frequently never peak for a marathon, and they don't have PBs for standard distances that reflect their ability. Now, with all that, here's a toilet reading link for an excellent account of Calvin Woodward's phenomenal 100-mile run. He says, all right, time for a Mickler. That is Steel Town Runner, which I believe, that was the sponsor, which I believe was the, the beer, and it sounds like he likes that beer. We'll look it up, but there's some ultra, there's some ultra stuff for you. Yeah, that's and uh, I mean it goes to like there's a, there is a certain cutoff point where Kipchoge you could say like hey at 100 miles who knows what would happen and yeah I agree with that because who knows that's so long and I do I believe probably the best hundred mile runner in the world is running marathons right now yes is it Kipchoge necessarily maybe not maybe it's somebody else entirely um Mm -hmm. but i just think you know the money involved in marathons i think it's fair to assume that the absolute best you know talent is probably there um Mm -hmm. the fact that you know he started off with that he's an orkney fan is is going to be tough to recover from for a lot of people yeah that's true it is a beer company by the way i looked it up it is funny though i was um i was looking up uh me and the wife want to go to ireland and scotland um maybe next year sometime. So I was just kind of looking up like, Hey, well, you know, what are the, those lists, the 20 best things to do or whatever. And Orkney came up on Ooh. those lists. 
And I mean, hey, it's you gonna wear your shirt, right? I mean, it, I'll, I'll just rub it in all their faces. Uh, but no, I mean, it does look pretty amazing. I mean, it's I'm sure all of those islands are like super cool and have you know some amazing scotch and all this fun stuff. But I, I thought that was very what funny. If, would it feel weird though? It, it would a little bit. Like I mean, I you know, I of course I prefer Shetland. Like that's no mm-hmm. doubt. But was Shetland on the list? You know, I can't remember. There was a bunch. There was a few different island sets on there, but. Um, People should reach out to Jason. Rank all the islands. Right, <laughs> absolutely. Or if you have, you know, stuff for sure to do in Ireland slash Scotland. I've been to Ireland once, but, you know, I'm trying to figure out exactly where to go. I forgot we had one more. We had Jay who wrote in last week, and I didn't get to it. Oh. And it was sitting at the bottom of the inbox. So I want to do this one, and then we'll do the voicemail from Chief, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah. Uh, medium to medium long-time listener, third-time emailer. Today was the big day, and this was 10 days ago. So 10 days ago was the big day. <laughs> The first slash second to last outdoor meet, as I almost knocked over my computer, for the Cincinnati Running Club throughout the indoor season, Brian had avoided confrontation through various <laughs> means. Basically, this is just a way for him to air out that, you know, these two guys are going back and forth via this. the House of Run inbox, and it's great through various means. But today, the stage was set for an epic showdown spanning multiple events. Brian and I specifically sat down together to make sure we both had signed up for the same races. And when I went into our club group chat to give my seed times, I saw a message from Brian giving his seed times, ending with seed J at the same time, whether he likes it or not. (laughs) The plan was to do the 800 5K and close out with a display of sportsmanship by teaming up for a 4x4. Thunderstorms were predicted all day, and while the lightning missed us, it rained pretty much all day, so that wasn't too fun. But hey, what's track all about, if not embracing some of the most aggravating weather imaginable for five hours at a time? Anyway, the 800 rolled around, and Brian and I towed the line for our first head-to-head track matchup. I immediately fell back to last in classic (laughs) two-miler fashion while Brian got out quick for a comfortable third position. I was able to build through the first lap and catch the whole field except Brian, who had just moved into second. I caught up to Brian on the backstretch of the second lap, and we were stride for stride for about 20 meters before I made a move with 200 left. I didn't really feel like I had the gas to back it up, but I was just so damn excited I couldn't help it. Toward the end, Brian started to close but I ended up finishing about a second ahead of him, a true victory for little brothers far and wide. (laughs) Plus, Brian and I ended up going two and three, so that was really fun. Next was the 5K. Brian and I were thoroughly soaked from our 800, so we had retreated to the indoor track to dry off and warm up for our next race. We had just finished our warm-up, all the while waiting for our club president, who was also running the 5K, to give us the cue to head outside to finish the warm-up and get to the line. Before we got to the door, we were met by another runner from our team asking if we had heard about the 5K guys who missed the race. Oh. Damn it. <laughs> so Brian missed his much more likely chance of victory in the 5K, but we got to close out the day with a heated battle for the second to, for second to last in the 4x4, which ended in victory. And we all had a great time. Just goes to show that racing is fun no matter where you are in the field. That's it for me, guys. Keep up the good work. That is Jay Wilson, also not a beach boy. <laughs> uh, that's great. I'm bummed you guys missed the 5K because I'm sure Brian is too. I'm sure he's claiming that he would have he won it. But... uh yeah, I, w- I want st- I want you to keep us up to date on this kind of stuff because I-, I love the rivalry. Yeah, let's keep let's get a scoreboard going and keep updating it as we go. Let's close out now. We got a voicemail from Chief who is doing basically a full court press here. Jason, love it. Emails, voicemails, it's good. Yeah, here we go. What up, boys? This is Chief from Illinois. Well, now Indiana. Here, Dermalk Braylon. Um, anyways, I got a question that I got to ask the House of Run listeners if you're running a road race that's longer than a 5k what's proper etiquette 
as far as running in a pack? Do you, um, like, what do you do if somebody's sitting on your shoulder? What do you, or do you sit on somebody else's shoulder? Um, again, just want to get the runner's etiquette on the, on this, uh, deal before I tell the story of what happened with me and Zippy, uh, this weekend in a race. So appreciate any insight that you guys have on like a half marathon etiquette for a, a race and where to sit and what you do in a pack. So with that, peace boys. That was chief from Illinois asking a very relevant question, a timeless question. I think now if you're elite, right? Mm. Like legitimately elite, there are no rules for this. We've talked about this before but meb will call you out if you just sitting on his shoulder and tell you well if you're stepping on him too like if you have all the room yes that's not to say someone isn't going to call you out for never taking the lead but i think when you're racing for money and you're racing for spots valor is one thing but (laughs) people are going to win you know and uh, pre was great and we love that pre didn't want to race that way but you don't begrudge anybody for trying to figure out a way to get the line first now if you are not elite, which is probably most of 80, us. 99% of the listeners, uh, Double Z's probably out there listening to the show as an actual elite and saying, okay, I'm going to turn this part off. But if you, I think you should, I think it's expected that you should, tr- now, tra- if it's just you and another, I think if the, the if the amount of people is so large that it's there's like clearly no coordination and there's no coordination possible, then kind of all bets are off. But if you're running in a group of two or three, uh, I think you should at least try to trade off, you know, every half mile if you can or mile yeah. if you can. Try to make some. Now that's hard to coordinate, especially because if people are coming and going and moving. But you should try to make some good faith effort and if you're just going to sit there the whole time you know and then do a jv kick at the end i think you should you should move out with at least a mile to go that would be my my stance on this which i guess some people would say sit the whole time yeah i mean it's i agree with you i i, I mean i yeah like you said if you're if you're racing i mean so if you're not elite if you don't if you're not doing this for a living or something like that I mean, if you're doing it for a living, you do whatever you can to win, right? You want to cash those checks. You want to win championships, blah, 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 blah. If you're not, your goal is right to run as fast Fast. as you can, right? Right. Like to to get your PR, to do it the best you can. And if – I just don't see a scenario where getting the best time you can is going right behind someone for an entire race and then outkicking them with a half mile to go. Sure. Because either you're holding back. You know, like mm-hmm. if you're just staying in that position, you could probably run a little faster. Um, yeah, and I think it. I think it's actually better to like. It can obviously help to be a part of a pack or even run side by side for a little bit. Like if you're just trying yeah. to try to push it. Obviously, it's really windy and you want to trade leads or something. That's that's great. But if it's it, on the road, though, it, you should. Yeah, you can get side. Yeah, I just go room. side by side. To me, that always helped me kind of push myself more as opposed to staring at someone's you know at the back of their head. Um, yeah. so yeah, I, I think, I think, you know, I would generally try to do that. Um, and you know, Hey, if you need to go faster then you, you try to go and you, if they make a move, you try to, you try to go with them to, you know, cause you're, you're trying to push your best, but yeah, I, you know, out kicking someone for 112th place, 
in the half marathon. Great job, yeah. I guess. Well, okay. That's a great point. The whole side-by-side thing. So I'll, I'll amend my take. I don't think you need to trade off the lead mm-hmm. every half mile so much as if you're in that small group of two or three people, at least go shoulder to shoulder with them. Yeah. Don't, don't stay on. You can stay on there for, for a little bit if you're dying and trying to hang on, but, and you don't, you don't need to completely reverse it to where you go in front and then they're around your heels. At the very least, you got to try to get side by side on them for a point or coordinate with them. Like you take this part and then I'll take that part, right? Like if it's a half marathon, you have time to talk to them and, 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 and figure something out. But if you're not able to, for whatever reason, at the very least, yeah, get up beside them. That's mutually, I mean, I don't know if it's mutually beneficial because now you're both leading, but at least, yeah, you're not doing the thing where you're sitting the entire time and then kicking. Cause that's not really the best way to run a fast time. Yeah, no, exactly. So yeah, I think there's, you know, and especially if, especially if you know the per- you know people you're running with, I mean, unless you're trying to beat your big brother, then you do whatever you can to beat, to beat well, Ryan Wilson, you know? I was going to say, when a couple of years ago, when I ran the turkey trot here, my whole goal was just to beat my brother, and I had no time goal at all. Right. And it was a five-mile race, and I think I sat on him for three and then went by him the last two. Nice. Which didn't feel bad about, but if I went by him with five meters to go, it wouldn't have felt bad. So Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I can understand that. But, yeah, you should just try to run your best and, you know. If it's with people you don't know, yeah, there should be some. Also, it's you mentioned Meb. I think when Meb got mad at Rupp, it was like not that he wanted Rupp to lead, but it was just like at least get off my heels. You right. Have this whole road to run on. I think that crowds people. Um, it causes unnecessary anxiety. I mean, people going, Chief's fast and Zippy's fast. Mm. So they were probably positioned somewhere in the race where they weren't in a huge crowd so th- there could be room around them to where they could they could spread out go two three two or three wide and then go from there yeah i agree so i'm i'm curious Solved. to see what the, the story here that uh yeah happen. i'm yeah i apologize chief if i uh made you lose a bet or something right i don't know get out there and lead <laughs> do it for the house of run all right HouseofRunGmail.com is the email address. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. Let us know your thoughts on the Boston Marathon. Next week we'll, I don't know, either record Monday after the race or, or Tuesday at some point. Obviously, we'll be doing a full recap of everything that took place in Boston. I'm very excited about it. Also excited about Chiefs Eastern Conference preview or Eastern Conference <laughs> NHL Milers comparisons. It's going to be exciting. Exciting week, Chase. Yeah, absolutely. Love, love Boston Marathon. This will be good, and uh, hopefully the Cubs turn it around here. All right. That's probably not going to happen, but Boston should be good, and we'll talk to you guys all next week. Jess Guinness. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I've never heard this before. Lots of good guitaring. You see this first part right here. Mm, pictures of guys on surfboards, of course. There it is. Mm. This sounds more familiar, but I think this sounds like a lot of his songs. That's not true. They all sound different.